Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely. But it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today I'm really pleased to have with me on the line Terrell Turner. Terrell is a CPA and is an experienced financial leader and content creator. And he speaks about making complicated money topics very simple. He's a partner in the TL Turner Group, which provides fractional CFO services, and he helps small and medium-sized businesses make smart money decisions. So Terrell, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff, thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about how you got to this point. I'm curious, uh, did you start out as an accountant and then realize like, no, there's got to be something else in there for me? Or like, how did, you know, how did you come to the wonderful world of fractional CFOing? Yeah, I mean, like many people that went the kind of accounting finance route, I mean, I I started off in public accounting. And I would say even like back in college, I, I decided to go into accounting because I knew I wanted to do something in business, but I was like, accounting would be the opportunity that would allow me to see how the numbers work. It's something like Warren Buffett said, you know, accounting is the language of business. If you don't understand it, you won't be able to be successful at it. So accounting was kind of my path to learning the language and understanding business, getting an inside look at it. And from there, I really started moving from technical accounting into, okay, how do we actually use this information to make business decisions is how I then started moving more to the CFO track. Okay, cool. So when you work as a fractional CFO, you know, for businesses like, okay, so fractional basically means you're the part-time guy. You're not sitting in their office full-time. You're able to work on multiple clients at the same time, right? But you're not just doing the accounting because there's a huge difference between accounting and finance, right? Two completely different disciplines. Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about those? Um, I always find that, uh, you know, people mix those up (laughs) a little bit. And, you know, I want to make sure that that's very clear before we get into the one big tip. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from an accounting standpoint, I mean, that's where you're looking at your kind of your, your, your technical accounting. I mean, whether you're recording like, you know, revenue, like how to do the uh, journal entries for that or, you know, the, the nature of the contract, like what are the actual accounting rules? And then also tax plays a role in accounting as well. I mean, because I am a CPA, a lot of people, they initially think, oh, you know, I, I need to get my taxes done. And I tell people that's not the area. I understand it enough to help you make some informed decisions about your business. But that's not the area that I specialize in because accounting and tax become very rule based. Now, when you get over into finance, that's where you actually start to take 
your knowledge of the accounting, the tax and your knowledge of the business strategy and start actually developing plans to execute, whether that be, you know, looking at the way we're approaching the sales strategy and then kind of looking at, let's say, the the R&D or the engineering team, like making sure that you're giving them context on, hey, this is how we need to develop the product or, hey, these are the, the cost targets you need to hit for it to make sense for the sales team to be able to sell it. Because if you create a product that's over-engineered, then our sales team won't be able to sell it because we won't be able to get enough profit for it to make sense for the business. So it's thinking about things like that. Or if you're trying to attract investors, like how do we tell the financial story of the business to attract money to come into the business so we can grow it and scale it? Amazing, amazing stuff. All right, so cool. Let's segue into your one big tip here right? Which is a scale with gross margin in mind, right? So this is actually really interesting because, you know, like a lot of people when they start out, like when I started out as a digital marketer, as a website guy, I remember when I first told somebody that I wanted $2,000, right? To do their website, right? And then I was like, wow, you know, at that time, you know, I was still working a nine to five and I got that first 50% check and I'm like, whoa, this is amazing, right? You know, I was able to take my wife out to a nice dinner, you know, and it was, a, it was a great payday. And then I'm like, okay, what I didn't calculate, right, was what my cost of goods would be, meaning my time or whether I had to pay, you know, like another programmer to support me and all that. And then after all of the hours that I put into that project, you know, I, I think I made like $7 an hour, right? And what was interesting was that I'm like, okay, that made sense. So I either need to sell simpler websites for that kind of money, or I need to be charging a lot more, right? Because there are, there are people that charge 10, 15, 25,000, you know, for basically the same work that I did. And okay, the guy got it, uh, you know, they were able to, uh, uh, you know, they were, they were able to get a good deal out of me. Let's talk about gross margin and why gross margin is such an important metric when you're pricing your goods. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great metric. I mean, because I mean, and just for the audience to understand, I mean, gross margin is you take your sales price minus what it actually costs you to deliver that product or that service. And then that part that's left over, that's your gross margin. And the reason why that becomes important, because your gross margin then is used to cover the other overhead costs of your business, kind of like back office stuff like that. And if you don't have enough gross margin, you won't have enough money to invest, reinvest into the business to grow it because whenever you're trying to scale a business, you're going to have to invest money back into your business to keep it growing. But the challenge is when I see and work with businesses where they're scaling products, they're selling products or they're setting prices and they're not really looking at, okay, what is this price or what is this cost doing to your gross margin when they're not paying attention to that you know, it's probably nine times out of 10, they're making decisions that feel good to their intuition or they feel right. But when I look at the numbers, I'm like, you're actually slowing yourself down from being able to grow your business. I mean, if you think about the example you shared, I mean, if you're making $7 for, you know, all of this great work that you're doing, and if you want to scale your business, the only way for you to really grow your profit is you're going to have to work like nonstop selling more $7 profit items. Or if we look at it and we say, hey, maybe the strategy is, like I said, how do you create a version of your product 
that doesn't cost as much. Maybe you take out some of the bells and whistles or maybe you pull out some of those bells and whistles and say, hey, these are up charges so that you can charge a more reasonable price. Because once you start actually generating profit there, like I said, you're able to invest in the growth of your business. And, you know, it makes it worth it because when you do all that work and you walk away with only seven dollars, you don't feel that great about that. I mean, you're not that excited about it. Yeah, not at all. So, you know, you touch on something really interesting, which is overhead, right? And there are whole books written about, you know, just that, you know, like I'm not going to get into the whole nuance of what, you know, of what overhead is. I can tell you like from my business, right? I have to pay like for my LinkedIn premier subscription, right? I have to pay for my project management tool. I have to pay for, you know, Squadcast, what I'm using to record this podcast on, right? So it's not just the people that I'm paying to support my business, right? Either whether it's per hour, per episode, or, you know, or per project, right? There's all this other stuff that has to get paid. And it's it's like rent, right? It, you know, it's no different than rent. And if you're not taking any of that into account as you're pricing this stuff, after your gross margin, you're, uh, you're right. You're, you know, you're literally, you know, like shooting yourself in the foot or as, as a friend of mine once put it, you're just building jobs for other people. <laughs> right. And then you're like, well, where does that leave you? You know, the idea is that you're supposed to grow. The idea is that you're supposed to be able to, you know, to scale up. Mm-hmm. Right. What would be some good ways to not only think about gross margin, but to increase it? How would you do that? Like, what would you tell business owners in this kind of space how to increase their gross margin? The way way I usually start with any business owner is like, hey, you know, and if you're listening, grab a piece of paper and you can walk through this exercise. I mean, I'll keep it simple steps is list out all the products that you sell, all the services that you offer. List out what's the price of it. List out what it actually costs you. And then you subtract those two numbers to get that gross margin. One of the areas that I tell them is now let's just start looking which products or which services have the highest gross margin number. And then, like I say, you can translate it into a percent, divide the gross margin by the price. And then when you look at that and you start seeing that, hey, you know what, this product over here, I actually make more money every time I sell this one. And then start asking yourself is can you start marketing those higher margin products more? And then if you look at that and you say, okay, all right, now I've gone through that part. I've, I've started strategizing where we advertise the higher margin products more. And it's just like, okay, how do I improve the other ones? And I think you can look at different things where you look at, okay, all right, why are you spending so much time, like I said, developing the website? Are you adding features in there that, hey, you could be upcharging for? So what I tell people is maybe you need to come out with a base level product a upgraded product and maybe a premium level where the premium level you can charge a higher price, but that gets all the bells and whistles. Whereas the base product, it gets them basically what they need for the service that you're doing and they'll pay the base level price. But if they want some of the upgrades and the features, you start to upcharge for those things. And then I think like I said, if you have a physical product, one of the biggest areas, I mean, I think during my time when I, I worked, you know, for some of the world's biggest Fortune 500 companies, what we used to do a lot is look at, OK, why does it cost us X amount of dollars to make this product? And how do we how can we either 
reduce the cost by going back and negotiating with our vendors? Or how can we reduce the amount of time it takes us to put this product together? And when we start finding opportunities to reduce the cost, immediately your gross margin starts to go up if you can cut the cost down in the production of the product. So that could be a constant exercise, no? I mean, that should be something that you should be paying attention to, if not on the daily, at least on the weekly, right? That you should be always looking at that, like, how do I reduce these costs or how do I find a way to charge more for the end product, right? It's one of the, it's one of the two. I agree. I mean, you, you should always be looking at that. I mean, and like I said, it, it, as, as, your, as your business grows, I mean, as you bring on more people and you may have the, you know, the luxury of having more time and resource to look at. But I think if you can afford to look at it all the time, it will only work in your best interest. So, you know, what's interesting is that I had another person on the show who basically what his software does, it's an application for small and medium sized businesses, think plumbers, accountants, whatever. Right. And it manages the reviews for those companies' websites. Right. But it does something really cool. And that um, for every review that he receives, he plants a tree in your name, right? So, so now what is he doing? He's not just writing the software to manage the reviews. I mean, that's just the base product, right? But the add-on, right, is that he's actually making more of a, um, you know, he's giving you a warm fuzzy. Any one of his customers can go and uh, use that. Leave a review, I'll plant a tree. Leave a review, I'll plant a tree. And who's not going to want to leave a review? you know, good, bad, or otherwise, you know, if they know that a tree is going to be planted, right? Now, on a pure dollars and cents view of that, right, you're adding costs to the transaction, right? So how would you view or how would you talk to a owner like that where he's insisting on doing something above and beyond, right? But also needs to keep an eye on the costs, of, uh, you know, of maintaining the business and growing and scaling. it. Yeah. I mean, I think for the first part is really, you know, first is if that's something that really matters to the owner, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I, cause I have some owners and I mean, and even myself, I mean, that, that, that heart of charity is a, a very common thing in a lot of successful business owners. So one of those things I look at is, okay, all right, let's understand how much this actually costs you to do. And let's make sure let's hey, let's set a budget around this or let's set some parameters around this. That way you understand, hey, this is going to add cost to your product, but you understand how much cost is adding. And, you know, let's negotiate with in this case, if you're planting a tree, negotiate with the people who are providing the tree. And let's make sure we're getting the best price for that and keep that under control, because, you know, you can't let your charity go so far that it completely causes you to lose money, then you won't be able to keep doing it. And then I also think on the other aspect is if you're going to add cost to the business, um, I would say adding cost is not a bad thing if we can tie it to, hey, your sales are actually going up, like your volume is actually going up when you started doing this. So if we look at you know, on an individual sale, it may look like it's adding costs. But if we look at, you know, the whole selling of that product or that whole process by adding this, you know, leave a review, plan a tree by adding that into, you know, your pitch, 
have your total sales gone up? And if your total sales have gone up, when we look at you know the, the incremental growth, that may offset any of the incremental costs that you come in because you're able to attract more customers in total because you're doing amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. Terrell, can you please let everyone know where they can find you on the internet and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more? Definitely. Yeah. So um, our CFO services, you can visit the tlturnergroup.com. Um, and that's all one word. And there a lot of great things on the site where you can find out about our services, the different things that we offer. And then we also have there our free resource link to where we do a lot of content creation around, you know, tips for accounting and finance and kind of making that simple. And that links you to our free resource website where we do tons of videos and free resources to help you make you know, better decisions and smarter decisions when it comes to your money. Amazing stuff. Terrell, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You know, this has been a really eye-opening discussion and wish you the best of luck. Thank you. 